0: It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive!
1: Welcome back to the Monster Rabbit podcast, the show dedicated to discussing all things Volkswagen Mark Ones. It's a brand new week. It's a brand new Thursday, which means we've got a brand new episode for you right here, right now on the podcast. My special guest on today's show is Mr. Aaron Staley. He is a guy well into the whole show car scene. He spent 11 years creating and building this Swallowtail rabbit it's it's insane it's like so you're just gonna have to wait and see for yourself Now, we're going to dive straight into his episode. But before that, if you do want to support the show, you can go to themonsterrabbit.com and get yourself a t shirt or a hoodie or some other merch to help support the show. All the profits right now are going towards funding me and my girlfriend heading over to Mark 1 Madness in 2023. So every little helps, guys. I want to thank you in advance for. Even if, you're, even if you don't want to buy anything, if, if you just su- subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel, I appreciate that. So anyway, enough rambling. Enjoy the show. Uh,
0: I just got done cutting the floors out of my pickup truck because they're rusty. So, you know, set the tone for talking about old Volkswagens here.
1: Oh, nice one, pal. Well, (laughs) dude, welcome to the Monster Rabbit podcast. This your your debut on the show.
0: (laughs) Oh, awesome. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. No, it's
1: all good, man. I had to get you on. I've seen your name pop up a few times, and I thought, you know what? This is another person within the Volkswagen community. He deserves a spot on the podcast, you know, so welcome.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Now, dude, where are
1: you from? Where are you calling from?
0: Yeah, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the United States.
1: Amazing.
0: Amazing. Dude, and I don't know if you know
1: the structure of the show already. I don't know if what if you know what to expect, like what sort of questions we ask and stuff or have you already have you done some some homework? Have you listened to a couple of episodes already?
0: Oh, I've listened to uh a number of episodes and I'm an avid listener, so I uh, haven't oh, caught nice. up on the latest one, but that's
1: oh, no. like for tomorrow. Awesome, man. Well, that's great. Now you sort of know what's in store. And for any new listeners, this show is all about just basically having people on from the community—people that own Mark One Volkswagens or just Volkswagens in general—and just allowing them to come on and tell their story and and you know tell how they got into them and just a, just a, we can just chat shit as well. You know, I think, I think everybody can relate to a lot of the stories that go out on the podcast and I don't see why <laughs> this one should be any different, you know? So if we may, I'd love to jump in, um, to, Oh, I should say as well, before we get started, uh, anybody listening, I will put Aaron's, uh, Instagram in the show notes below. So if you did, well, I encourage you to go down into show notes and click the link and give him a follow, send him some love. And uh, yeah, I think we should get started with with who you can you sort of give the people that don't know who you are just a little backstory, just a little snippet, a snapshot, if you will, of who you are and you know what what uh, how you got started with Volkswagens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, growing up, uh, my parents were always into motorsports and. Uh, auto racing and motorcycle racing. And there's a racetrack two and a half hours north of where I grew up that they used to go and, and watch the, the V eights and the can ams and the trans am cars and the, and the, and the, motorcycle racing uh, every summer. And apparently my mother was pregnant with me, uh, you know, one year when they were going to the races and, funny story short, um, you know, I would kick every time like the big race, the, the loud exhaust and stuff went by on the track. And so no way. <laughs> uh, apparently I was destined to be a motorhead uh, from even before I was born. And um, and I think that just kind of proved true. I you know, when I was really young, I built little model plastic scale cars and then uh, I got a little bit older, I, I rode dirt bikes, and then um, when I uh, turned 17, I st- actually started racing, club racing, uh, Mark 1 Volkswagens, um, so it was kind of always in my blood, but my first car actually wasn't a Volkswagen, it was, okay. uh, I had a, a 1968 Oldsmobile Cutlass, an old muscle car. Uh, that I had restored, painted everything by the time I could get my driver's license, you know, just like mowing lawns and shoveling snow and, heck, even roofing my neighbor's garage to find money to pay for this thing. And, um, well, that car was too nice to drive in high school. So I got another car, like just a real clunker. It was a, a 1975 chevrolet impala so just big v8 four-door sedan and uh and i was driving that for <laughs> a very long time and i was like oh gosh i need to get into i need to get into something fun and i uh i had a little honda civic hatchback uh mm-hmm. and that was kind of fun you know it was different as sporty is the first time i'd ever driven something you know that could handle um And uh, I I quickly realized the Honda scene wasn't really for me, and so I bought a nineteen eighty nine GTI sixteen valve, and that was my first street car Volkswagen. Um, And I had an eighty four GTI race car at the time uh, as well, and then it it just stuck. I've been with Volkswagen Audis ever since. So you know, for twenty two years later, I'm I'm still into them
1: that's mad then there's so much to unpack how how come you didn't stay with the uh the hondas because i'm only just curious because uh there, we used to have uh, a co-host on the show who's also called aaron but he's still with the honda scene he's still in the Hondas,
0: into Hondas. so i just want to know how come
1: you slipped out of it
0: you know back then and and, and guilty pleasure i love all the fast and furious movies but mm. back then it was like underglow lights and huge stickers and large tachometers in the windows and like big you know huge exhaust tips and stuff and body kits and that just wasn't me Mm. and I with my my GTI instantly I put a roll cage in it and coilovers and Recaro's and some Ronal wheels and I did like the the classic German look so it had Big, smooth, like de-textured big bumpers, a Bonrath mono, uh, monolite grill, and uh, and the G60 flares, all smoothed and body colored and stuff. And that that was more me. And um, but now, like you watch Boosted Boys on YouTube, or you watch a lot of these 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 Honda enthusiasts, and they're not even Hondas anymore. I mean, half the parts that they're building in their cars. I'm using in my Volkswagens and so really they're just cars and do you like the shape of the of the 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 body do you like the suspension design really they're just vehicles with a bunch of aftermarket stuff and so I'm actually (laughs) a lot more into them now than I was back then
1: oh right I'm I must admit I'm I'm so biased towards Volkswagens like I've only ever been into them since I You know, fantasized about getting my first pickup truck many, many years ago. And before then, I just wasn't into into cars. So I have a different outlook, I suppose, to most of the guests that come on. A lot of people like yourself would say, you know, you've been into motorsports and, and all the rest of it for for years and years and years. Whereas for me, I like came. I just wanted the Volkswagen pickup and any car that I had before then was just to get me to work and back. So I, I'm joining late. You must, I I, I sort of, uh, I must warn you, I'm still very new to this. I'm very green, um, but I am absolutely biased towards loving the Volkswagens and I don't know too much about any other vehicles. I must admit that straight away.
0: <laughs> I think that's awesome. I I love to hear... Um, stories like yours and meet people who are coming into this even if it is later right Mm. it's it doesn't matter if you've done it your entire life or if you're just coming into enjoying these vehicles now Mm. Um, all that matters to me is that we have a similar passion and we can share experiences and ideas and even more so it's not even about the cars for me I mean trust me I'm absolutely obsessed mm. but it's the people and the friends I get to meet and I have developed relationships with across the world because mm. of these like metal vehicle like items.
1: I 100% agree with you man. I think I've even said it multiple times. It's like you take the the cars out of the equation like you stay for the people. Like you come for the cars, stay for the people. I think that's I think that's how it is. You know, I've met so many beautiful people just within this community. Like I've, I, I said it on a podcast. I haven't released it yet, but it's like I've had friends in the past, you know, when you grow up in school or college, whatever, and you have the you're forced to have these friendships with people because you yeah. go, you're in the same year, you're in the same class. And but then when you get older, you find hobbies and you get into things and you find people that are on your level and you find people that are so passionate about the same things as you and i just think when you meet people like that you have hours and hours you instantly click and you instantly trust that person uh you know with an asterisk i should say but you you instantly (laughs) find like common ground and you you i I say it all the time most people in the mark one thing they go through the same shit you know people are doing engine swaps people are figuring out this oh how did you do that oh i need to do that on mine and and I, many many conversations where people will comment on one of my videos or f- photos or whatever and they say where did you get that from and then you know all of a sudden there's like this chain link effect of people you know linking to other people and we're all i say it again we're all spiderwebbed in a way we all sort of know each other without just knowing each other just yet in a weird way does that make any sense
0: oh it makes perfect sense and it's really been enjoyable watching uh, the Mark one Mark two. Let me just call it pre 1993 mm. uh, era Volkswagens. Um, I know a lot of people talk about pre two K I'll go even a little bit more that I, I'm a little biased at the pre 93. Uh, and Mark four is still a new car to me, even though it's mm. like an old car to everyone else. And, um, uh, because what you're describing, at least here in the US, it wasn't like that when I started. If you wanted to do an engine swap, it was highly competitive. People wouldn't share their secrets. You know, pe- like a 1.8 T 20 valve turbo swap was really difficult back then. Uh, you know, that engine came in B5A4s in the US in like 97. So that's the first time we saw that. And that was a drive-by cable um, AEB. So it was like a, a very simple version of that motor before the Mark IV came with it. And hmm. people wouldn't share their secrets. And it's like, if you want to do this, you have to figure it out and know how to read manuals and do these things. And And so nowadays, I feel short of like a couple details, like if you're doing like a 1.4 TSI swap or something, and you're trying to pioneer it, you know, you might keep it a little bit secret, but people don't hold their cards to themselves anymore. And people just want to see others succeed and and have fun Mm. doing it. And I think that's, that's really great. I think that's a big turn for the positive in our um, communities. Oh yeah, I 100% agree with with that.
1: And I, you might have to shed some more light on, you know, what um, you know it used to be like back in the day, like way before I even showed up and thought this is the coolest vehicle I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, you know, talk us through it. Like, you were you in sort of like the era where VW Vortex was a big thing, and you know, were you around seeing everybody? Um, in the comment section on these forums and stuff, because uh, you got to uh, understand, I'm like I said, I'm very, very new to this. I've heard stories where people come on the podcast and say, "Oh yeah, man, yeah, I used to get bullied on Vortex, or I used to get this," and people would, you know, pull me out on this, and it was very uh, toxic. So I, I, I don't know of that world, you know. So if you could shed some more light, I'd love
0: that. I'd love to learn what it used yeah. to be like. Well, so I'm 38 right now, and Vortex, what, for me, was, like, year 2000, 2002, and so that's, like, sophomore, junior, and senior year of, of high school, um, and so what was I, like, 17, 18 at the time, and I didn't spend a lot of time on Vortex, I, I, I mean, I, I definitely posted, I definitely did read some threads, but I really used it as where I could buy parts and sell parts. Mm. And, um, you know, I recognize and I, I, I am aware of a lot of the stories and, and others' experiences. You know, I had a lot of friends that were very, um, very active on Vortex, but, mm. you know, way more active than i did was um i was active enough to know all of the big cars that people were doing in the build threads and and finding inspiration going oh gosh i hope i would love to see that car in person someday and you know i'm in the middle of the country so where all of the action was is on the east coast and Mm. you know that's 15 to 19 hours drive for me to get to the other side of, uh, of the country. And so that was just unattainable for me. It might might as well have just been in the UK for for how far <laughs> it was for me. Um Ooh. at that age. Um it's funny how the world gets smaller the older you get, but <laughs> um but yeah, there was there was always you know, I, there's always drama. It's just, it's how the internet is. It's how Facebook, it's how Instagram, it's just how, it's, it's how society has always been. You get a bunch of car people together. Someone talks smack, someone gets bullied. Uh, and then there's a whole nother group that just, they don't care about that. And they just enjoy bonding over what they're into. And and that's mm. always kind of been the group that I've always um, been a part of, or wanted to be a part of.
1: Mm. I definitely like the fact that there's so, like you said, there's so many people wanting to help each other out, which is something that I think that's what. If you ask me what the definition of community is, uh, I think it's about the people coming together um, for the yeah. greater good. I know that sounds very patriotic, or or, or how whatever you want to call it, but like I really like the fact that people help help each other out like let's use me for a- an example yeah like, i've not met anybody from you know the u.s i've not like in person mm-hmm. of course i've had people on the podcast i've talked to people in the instagram dms or we've done the facetime thing or whatever um and it's been great but like i've not exactly like come over and met people in person and yet people have been so generous to send actual car parts out to me like Mm -hmm. it's insane I i won't go into any details and you know anything like that but it's just i'm just over here in the uk on a little island and i feel like i'm part of the us community more than i am the i don't even i don't really know anybody from the uk if there is a uk community i definitely don't feel like i'm part of anything and I guess there's, you know, me to blame as well. I haven't exactly reached out to, you know, big, big names in the UK community, I suppose. I mean, I, I've definitely given it a try, but, you know, I, I mean, we're, we're going off topic at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm part of the US community more. I think there's, you guys are so much more welcoming and passionate. And uh, I've, I've just, I can't believe like the generosity for one and just just not just like by sending parts but people actually spending their time to like message me or show share videos of and like let's say for example i'm having some trouble trying to find something in my bentley manual and Mm -hmm. i'll like hop on to someone who i think would know and they're spending like 20 minutes explaining something to me on a video like it's insane and i haven't you know what i mean and so I yeah. love that about the community. And that's what I think is great. So it's really difficult for me to understand uh, a community, well, like this one from you know 2000s, where it was not as friendly. That, to me, sounds alien.
0: Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. And, and I don't want to say it wasn't friendly, right? Um, mm. I think people just kept their secrets because, remember, back then... Um, Instagram didn't exist. Facebook, Mm. Facebook was in its infancy and it was really developed right for college students. And you had to have a a university email address to even get accepted. Uh, and, and so that's like the, the roots of Facebook. And so these groups and communities didn't exist. So what did you do? Well, you had a build thread on Vortex or you kept really secret and you went to a show and you debuted and you wanted to be like, look at me. I just did something that no one else did. And it was like everyone felt kind of competitive. In and in like some people were over competitive and just wanted to win. And some people just wanted to push each other to do something bigger and so much more different than ever before and, and innovative. And so people just kept secrets more than they do now. I feel like now with Instagram and Facebook and just where technology has advanced so fast, everything has been done. Like Not literally, but so much has been done that even if you try to do something innovative and, and new, someone else has already done it if it's a different type of car or a different community or even in a Volkswagen. And so now there's less of an incentive to to keep a secret and more of an incentive just to build bonds and celebrate the people actually doing more than throwing air ride and wheels on a car and calling mm-hmm. it a build, right? And so as we age, we have been bonding with more people who actually want to get the spanners out and work on the cars. And and, and re- do more restorations and and play with these you know forty year old vehicles that mm. that you know they weren't that twenty years ago you know they were just twenty year old cars then.
1: Mm, well said. I think um, I think because we're like you said we're living in a, a in an age now where Instagram and phones are so accessible and instant, and I and I'm one of these people where. Like, so let's give a scenario. I'm working on the truck and I'm trying to figure out something. I'm trying to fix something. Maybe a light's not turning on or something. Let's yeah. say I get it working. The first thing I want to do that comes into my head is I want to share this moment. And so I pull out the phone and it's so easy just to flick on Instagram stories and be like, boop, and then record and just share this. That I guess for me, and I've met many people that have the same That same uh, reflex where it's like you you have a moment, you're experiencing Mm -hmm. something, and the first thing you want to do is share it. Share that moment with everybody that you know. And it's so instant and it's so quick. And I think that has something to do with the direction that I think today's Mark 1 community or Volkswagen community, however you want to do it, I think that is a, a part to play in the direction that it's going, which is i think is positive i'm sure there's still some negativity lurking
0: around but for my part all i've seen is positivity now i I agree and i think that's well said and you you know if we're if we're honest there's always going to be some negativity there's always Mm. going to be something that triggers someone or there's going to be some disagreement that someone had you know in years past or whatever that people hold on to it's human nature right it's just mm. how people are wired um you know i would think that and and i tried to do this in my own life is just i want to be a positive influence i want to judge people based off of my experiences with folks i know we're getting a little bit off a topic no it's um, but, fine
1: man we're all up for discussion
0: I don't want to hold grudges and I really want to encourage people to let go of grudges and try and find resolution. You know, if there are people that are being isolated or people are getting picked on or whatnot, why is it? And just have a, like an adult conversation and try and come to resolution because if we can continue to um, dissolve grudges and negative histories and 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 just forgive and move forward or whatever it is right Mm. the community is gonna be stronger as a whole and so i just try to be a a lending hand a positive tone and and um and just an open book if you want to know something about my car if you have a question yeah I, i usually will say yes almost to a fault and uh And I'll usually take on work that I don't even have time to do. Like I just finished a roll cage for a friend of mine in a Scirocco because I wanted him to have a good experience. And, you know, it damn near killed me, but (laughs) it was worth it because the end result is now he has a car that's safer for his first track day car. And and I know that if something happens, he's not going to be at risk, you know. Mm. Amazing. That's amazing,
1: man. So. (sighs) Yeah, I I totally agree with what you're saying. (laughs) There's so we could go so deep and we could talk about so much. And that's the issue that I have. And that's why the previous podcast I did with uh, um, the track side, he was on uh, Tim Brandt. And we just talked for hours and hours. It's just there's so much to talk about, so much to discuss you know I just, so I'm, I'm very cautious of like you know I don't want to take up too much of your time and obviously I don't want people to uh, go astray after <laughs> listening to so many hours of podcasts but I'm so eager to learn about you because obviously I, I've noticed that you are on the front cover of the PBW magazine for a start is that right?
0: Yeah the June issue uh, I was on the cover and that has been a dream of mine ever since i got into volkswagens and Ooh. so that has been over 20 years of um dreaming so it's a huge accomplishment
1: i mean, i make congratulations i would love to dive into this because of course we've had ben Quitek on the show he's been in he's been featured in uh, p sorry pvw and uh i'm i just i'm you know there's not been not been that many people that have had that opportunity and chance so i'd love to dive into that with you yeah because absolutely you, you say it it was a is a dream of yours let's talk about that like what what is it that um there's so much to dive into so i understand you've got a fabulous uh, rabbit uh, sorry rabbit uh, is tudor right and it's possibly the cleanest rabbit i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life it is like you could lick your dinner off of the engine bay it's ridiculous (laughs) my friend Um, the interior is ridiculous as well like insanely stunning like and we've talked about it on the show before like about how i shouldn't say like too much i I do apologize Um, (laughs) it's it's just the way i talk i talk in a certain way and like when i get you know riled up and well when i get really like stoked about something i i tend to uh Anyway, like, um, see there, I did it again. But uh, it's so beautiful. We often talk about having such a nice vehicle. You often feel like, let's see, I keep saying it. You often oh, you're feel to just forget about it. You're good. <laughs> you feel like you can't um, drive it. You're scared to drive it. Is that the case for
0: you? Uh, um, embarrassingly enough, it is. Uh, I've been trailing it everywhere right now because. I want to, I want to keep it as nice as it is for at least a year. I I set a goal that, you know, I want to show it. um, I want to do all of the major shows. I wanted to get it into PVW. I wanted to get it to SEMA, and then after it's it's done its work around the car shows and whatnot. then I will drive it. But um, it's the nicest thing I've ever owned in my life, and it's taken the longest uh, amount of time to wow. build out of anything that I've done. So I'm, I'm sort of trying to cherish it uh, in its condition right now. Oh,
1: So much to talk about. Okay, I wonder which how we should do this. Should we do it chronologically? Okay, let's find out. I want to find out first. <laughs> why why it was a goal of yours to get into the pvw magazine first and then we can go back and talk about
0: how you even came about getting this vehicle yeah um so i actually own every copy of pvw ever printed i've, I've had to buy some at swap meets and stuff um but uh because I haven't subscribed that long, but I have every issue ever, um, ever, ever published. And so, you know, growing up with Volkswagens from a teenager till uh, an adult, and looking forward to having that show up in the mail, and and looking at all of these, you know, legendary cars, and just being such a car nut, I've always wanted my car in the magazine just to be among those people that I looked up to. Right. Mm. And I always saw PVW as like the best of the best going to PVW. And gosh, if I could build something worthy of PVW, then I know I've done something special. And, and then if I could get the cover of PVW, then, wow, that's even more special. And so that's sort of where it came from. And, you know, you don't build a car for a magazine, but you just go, that would be really fun to, to be able to say, I've been in the magazine, let alone I've been on the cover. Of course. Of course.
1: And this, is this, uh, this is the June issue, you say?
0: Yeah, this is June. Uh, the the current, uh, the well, now it's July, but so last month's issue Um and uh, it's got a cool Passat and a really cool Mark II Jetta on the, co- on the cover with me as well.
1: Right. How did that come about? Just out of interest. Did they get in contact with you?
0: Um, okay. So in 2015, I was in the June of 2015 issue with my Rally Golf. I have a, a TFSI-swapped Rally Golf as well. And so... I got to know Elliot and then previously um, uh, Dave Kennedy was the associate editor underneath Elliot. Um, and the last time I was in the UK back then uh, I went to the PVW offices. And so I got to know Dave and I got to know Elliot and they ran my, my rally golf in the June, 2015 issue. And so I, um, they knew that this car was being built and I told them the story about it and, and why it was taking so long and, and whatnot. And they're just like, Hey, keep us posted when it's done. And, um, I, you know, I kept in touch with those guys over the years, Instagram and the internet obviously made it a lot easier to keep in touch. And so when the car was done and it was going to the SEMA show this last November, I messaged Elliot and I said, hey, remember me? And he's like, of course I remember you. We talked like a couple of months ago. And uh, and he's like, is the car done? I said, yes. And, you know, little did I know he's been following it. You know, everyone's sort of been keeping an eye on it more than I had realized or understood. And um, he's like, hey, get it shot. let's coordinate this let's get a feature and then uh he's like wow this is really cover worthy and i was like whatever i'm not gonna believe it until i see it like i don't want to get my hopes up and then Mm -hmm. i saw a screenshot of the cover and i'm like no way this is this is unbelievable and so um sam dobbins uh was actually the photographer who shot it in las vegas right before the SEMA show and um it just kind of all came together it was it was really amazing it was a wonderful experience
1: I bet dude that would that would excite me although I'm I'm you know a different species to you it sounds like because obviously I'm just about a happy-go-lucky just want to fucking put around in my truck going to the beach with my girlfriend and dog and that's all I give a shit about like but but I can definitely appreciate like your your own goals, your dreams, your things that you wanted to have realized, and you did get realized. And I I had so much like applause for you. I think that's such an incredible thing that you had a dream and you had this and you you saw it through. You know, and there's something to be said for that. And I definitely appreciate I can appreciate the fucking hardship going through <laughs> to get a, no honestly to get like a car. That's not only like show car ready but fucking magazine red and front cover do you know what i mean there's something to be said for that and i applaud you mate and i would love to dive into the the backstory yeah of this like what what year is it what what is it is it a rabbit or is it a golf or what what's going on well i mean they're all
0: golfs right we just right. we're just backwards here and we call them rabbits um <laughs> so it it's a it's a well uh, and i guess let me acknowledge the people that don't understand like it is a lot of sacrifice and and a lot of hardship and burden no matter how financially capable of a person you are mm. to build something like this and anyone who says that they built it themselves alone is full of shit it <laughs> takes It takes a group of people. It takes folks that are talented and dedicated and generous with their time to be able to accomplish something like this. I did not build it on my own, nor do I ever want to say that I did. I I feel like I've done a pretty good job trying to acknowledge everybody Um, because, you know, I work in the bicycle industry. I don't make a a ton of money, so I can't just write a check to do it, Um, but yeah, it takes it takes a family and a, you know a lot of friends and generous talented people to do that. So you're exactly right when you make that previous comment. But anyways, it's a 78 that I backdated to 75 with all of the swallowtail bits except the door strikers inside the doors and so um you know I I really wanted an early car i couldn't find a swallowtail that was really decent but i found this car on the west coast in portland uh that was pretty rust-free and you know it was six hundred dollars and it was actually more than six hundred dollars to ship or maybe six hundred dollars is probably more to ship to my house from there than it was to buy the car and um you know, after I got the car, I bought the wheels, uh, their image wheels. Um, and, uh, it's a 15 by nine in the back and a 15 by eight in the front. And, uh, and I built the car around the wheels because I really wanted that wide dish. And, Mm. you know, I had to narrow the suspension and widen the arches and do all that to get it to sit just right. But, I didn't want to build a car and then try to fit the wheels on afterwards. I wanted to get the wheels are around the wheels so they fit perfect and still had a lot of OEM look where if you didn't know these, these mark ones, you would never be able to tell. But the people mm. that do you know they're like, wow, that's a really wide wheel. This car's not supposed to have that wide of wheel on it. Mm,
1: no. I should say as well I I totally this is bad on my part I didn't even notice that it was a swallowtail because of, maybe it's because it is white and I wasn't looking properly but I I just clocked now I've just looked on one of your photos that it, it's a fucking swallowtail so I do I do deeply apologize for that but on on what oh, you said oh, dude you are not the first person to say that you've built a car from the wheels like we're starting with the wheels first does that make sense so you are not the first person that i've come across to
0: say that you're not alone there that's refreshing because i feel like when you do a full restoration and a custom build you need to think about how there are ramifications or steps that progress and you know you get a car painted it's beautiful and then and then you go buy a wheel later you don't have the vision in mind like you 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 haven't thought everything through and so if you think about what's the most intrusive and complementary thing intrusive to body work and complementary thing to the way that the car is suspension and wheels Mm -hmm. and if you get the wheels and the fitment right before you do the metal work before or while you're doing the metal work and and the wheels and suspension then indicate what metal work and body work you need to do to make it right, then you're going to have a well thought out package. But so many people think about, Oh, I'm just going to throw, I like these wheels. I'm going to get whatever I want. I want a 16 by eight. Yeah. But how do you want it to fit? Like where do you want Mm. it to fit in the arches? And then, if you put them on afterwards, you're limited by the constraints of the factory car. But if you get ahead of it and you think things through long before you cut the first you know, piece off the car, the first weld, then you have like an instruction manual to what you want to do.
1: Mm. I think you're going to have a lot to say on my final question much later on where I <laughs> where, where I ask what advice have you got to new people in this film <laughs> scene. I think you're going to have a lot to say. So any newbies out there, wait till the end. <laughs> awesome. So, okay, let's just go back again. Where where did you find this uh, Swallowtail? Where did you find it?
0: I actually found it on the Vortex. Found I found it on, on the Mark 1 forums, yeah. Wow. Um, I had sold my previous mark one the 1.8 turbo mark one that i had and um i had regretted selling it almost instantly Mm. and so a couple years later i was like okay i'm gonna buy another one i found it and then it snowballed from there it was this car was me wanting to do everything right all of the shortcomings or shortcuts that I took on the previous car and everything I'd learned over the years, I wanted to apply and do better on this car. And then because it took 11 years to build, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, I, I never thought I was going to put a car on a rotisserie. Well, the the guy that was helping me and mentoring me way in the beginning, he's like, well, the rotisserie is available cause he built hot rods and race cars. He's like, why don't we just throw this on and do the underside? I'm like, yeah, why don't we let's do it. And well, little <laughs> did I know that like that just opens up even more work. And then, um, you know, the engines, I was going to do a, a big turbo 1.8 T and then I was going to do a naturally aspirated, uh, 20 valve with a two liter bottom end and throttle bodies and that was the next one that uh, I was like, okay, that's the next engine in line. And then I found this Audinger from a, a close friend of mine uh, that I never thought he was going to sell because of how rare they are. And he's like, yeah, I, I have two of them. I need to sell this car with it. You need to buy this. I'm like, of course I need to buy it. And so then it became that Audinger engine. And then that was really, that was the right engine. It it, it just, came together and the universe aligned and then that's what i got Mm. and then you get all of these parts and then inspiration because you know instagram's coming around and you see singer building porsches and you see all these other cars that are really well put together and you're like wow okay i want to do this and i want to take cues from that other one and then I'm going to chrome everything or I'm going to do the underside of the car. And it just, where does it stop? It it doesn't unless you really, <laughs> unless you have restraint. And uh, I clearly didn't. <laughs> There's so much to talk about
1: though, because I, obviously after looking through your, your photos, you know, and remember, I'm still new to a lot of things. I'm still figuring a lot of shit out, uh, but I'm noticing some things and I'm like well where the hell is that and again I guess that is part of the whole show car side of things where you you guys like to delete things is that the right term to use delete um, yeah or shaving the bay etc things I've picked up over the last few months and I'd love to dive into your brain about some of these things like what what to you describes a show car like what is it does it have to have a shaved bay does it help what are these what what would you consider a show car
0: a show car to me does not need a shaved bay a show car to me is full of little easter eggs and customizations executed at a very high level of quality and attention to detail mm. So you could have a very OEM plus um, engine swap. You know, you still have a plastic airbox and and a lot of the, the original components from that other car in the engine bay of this vehicle. And it can still be a show car because it's immaculate and every nut and bolt has been cleaned or replaced. There's no rusty nut and bolt. Um... Etc. You know, it doesn't have to be Chrome and deleted everything, mm. um, but it, it but it can't be something where the wiring harness is just kind of sticking out and like you, you know you can see you know loose loose electrical tape and mm. and just kind of sloppy sloppy execution. It's it's really going to that next degree of attention to detail and understanding that every little component adds up to a bigger impact. And when you have a lot of those little tiny details done at a high level of quality and it's and, and it's cohesive, you also have to have a theme and you have to be able to follow through. And, and that is where I, I believe restraint comes into play. It's not necessarily what mods you can do but what mods you choose not to do Ooh, and, well said and wow. making a
1: package mm. that's Look. a show car oh mate that is that was so well put like i feel like i'm more understanding like where the pattern <laughs> comes from and like honestly like if i and I'm, I'm making up excuses but if i did have a garage space or something uh, and, and money and yeah, all the rest of it. I would love to do something like that. I'd love to see what I could produce, uh, given the, you know, money, et cetera, space, etc., time. But no, again, it's just, I applaud you. And you're bang on about having a theme, which is kind of like, my next question was like, this, this took you like 11 years, right? Yeah. Now, during that 11 years, at the very beginning, did you have like, uh, did you have a an idea in mind of what the outcome what you wanted this to look like at the end and did it change throughout or did you want to
0: change anything it was pr- pretty consistent what I wanted um, <laughs> I you know here in the US um, we treat old hot rods uh you know 50s and 60s and 40s era cars like the rest of the world treats Volkswagens, right or i should say you all germany and and you all in the uk treat you know mark ones and mark twos like we treat old american hot rods Mm. um and being such a volkswagen enthusiast i wanted to take some of you know, the American hot rodding approach and the subtleties and, and the metal work um, and apply them to a Volkswagen. And, and that was consistent through the entire project. And then um, I was thinking what screams like American hot rods and Americana and early 1953, 1954 Corvettes with a white body and a red interior. And then also SoCal Speed Shop with the old Bonneville race cars that were white with red logos. That screamed to me American hot rodding. And so the colorway was always going to be white with red interior and red wheels. And, And I would say that I even ordered the wheels from Image Red Center's polished lips. Uh, from the start and that, that was really where I was, was going the, um, the final hue of, of white changed a little bit. We, we landed on this really creamy Porsche Biarritz white, which I think was the right choice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was always going to be white and red. Wow.
1: Wow. And there's so much like it. It looks like there's a lot of welding has been taken place. Did you, do you do that all yourself?
0: I did a lot of it myself, but then a lot of other folks helped as well. My friend Tony did a lot of work. Um, uh, the, the body shop that I had do the paint and body work um, did a lot of work as well. The 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 guy that painted the car, he's only 22 right now. His name is Chase. He did a bunch of work on it. So I'd say there, there were a handful of people that had done it over the years as as I got better at it, I felt more comfortable doing some of the work. Mm. Um, and so I certainly have my fair share of welding in the body. Um, the fabrication work around like the motor mounts and and more of the things that you can't necessarily mess up, like exhaust and whatnot, um, the radiator pipes and all of that. I welded all of that stuff myself. I did welded all of that. so. Mm. It was a lot of fun.
1: What was the most challenging part of that? Those 11 years of getting this thing together. What was the most challenging thing? Maybe there was multiple things.
0: I would say keeping the motivation to, to see it through, you know, there, there were definitely some dark times, uh, during the process when, um, you know, uh, one of the guys that was helping me out early on passed away Jeez. middle of the project. And, you know, I wasn't I, I hadn't developed some of the skills that I have learned now back then. And so I was like, where do I go? I'm, I'm lost. Uh, you know, other people come and go want want to work on it, don't have the time to work on it. And so you really have to stay dedicated and stay true to the original vision that you had for the car, and I would say that that's probably the hardest thing, right? Um, Physically, um, you know, there's always challenges, but I would say this thing came together pretty well. Like, my best friend Jack um, wired the car. You know, it took a lot of time to learn some of the new technologies we had, but nothing really nothing really broke or we didn't have like a crisis right the timeline Mm. um having a timeline for sema uh was extremely difficult um you know the last seven months of the build that's all i did so i worked or i worked on the car and if my friends wanted to see me or my family wanted to see me, that they, they saw me at my house when I was working on the car. And that's a big sacrifice. And I would say a difficulty as well that, um, you know, these TV shows where people are building cars on timelines uh, where people don't realize it's like, that's real. Like when you make a commitment to someone and you want to follow through you kind of have to do everything within your power to see it through. And, um, that took a lot out of me, but I, I have no regrets and I'm really proud and happy that I did that in the end.
1: Wow. And I'm sorry to hear that you, you lost someone during that, that time. That's must've been awful. Um, I'm also interested to know a bunch of other stuff, like just, uh, there's so many like the the chrome for a start looks like you could lick it and do all sorts to it because it looks so clean how did how did that process happen cuz you've got like a chromed out um alternator and and it just looks madness to me obviously because I'm fairly fresh in the scene and I've not I've not been exposed to any car shows I've not been to a car show yet so seeing this through your, the photos is insane
0: bro like
1: a, like how how did the chroming process happen
0: <laughs> yeah happened? so i was really inspired by the m the men in vw mivw those the the guys in holland um if you haven't met them yet rob and Emil and their entire crew are absolutely legendary um, and then J-Mac, uh, J-McTallridge in the UK, he, uh, he works for Wheel Pros. Uh, he's the one behind Players Show. Uh, oh, yeah. Among that. that team, he's one of the guys among the team. You know, I, I looked up to you know, his builds and the MIVW builds. And then uh, Big Ron Hulitzer, um as well. And a lot of people had a ton of Chrome stuff and polished this and polished that. And I was like, you know, if I want to build something at the level of what these guys are doing, this is what I have to do. And so um, it's a pretty in-depth process. You know, you you get something and it has to be clean and decreased. And then, um, you know, uh, MVP Nick... On Instagram out east in New York. And then also, um, again, my buddy Jack, uh, his uncle, uh, Joe Dieters, actually owns a metal polishing and chroming shop here in Minnesota. And so between the two of them, uh, they really did a lot of the professional polishing for me. I did some of the prep work and, and whatnot that I could. But really, I mean, it takes... Uh, a ton of hours <laughs> and a lot mm. of sanding and grinding and smoothing um, before you chrome something. You actually have to have it polished to a mirror finish before you apply any of the the, the chromium materials because it, it's almost like a mirror where it, it shines through the 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 metal coatings that you put on later. So um, it's very impressive. Like it's looking at the the car it's so
1: impressive how does chroming work forgive me i'm like i said i'm new to all this is it like yeah. i've heard of the term chrome dipping you chrome dip something is
0: that what happened with you yep exactly so so what happens is let's say um so my axles my my axles i i ordered all the individual pieces instead of just a, a cv shaft assembly and i had all of the pieces chrome dipped before I put them together so that everything was Chrome. Um, So you get this raw axle, right? It's gray. It's just raw metal Mm. and you have to sand it and polish it smooth. So it shines like a mirror before you do the Chrome dipping. Then what happens is there are these large chemical tanks and I apologize. I'm not an expert in it. So, you know, if any of, the listeners are, are professional polishers and chromers. Um, I'm probably missing a few things here. But basically what happens is there's like an electrically charged uh, chemical bath that the, the metal goes in. And there's like a copper plating phase uh, that's like the base. And it makes it that nice coppery gold color. After that, they rinse it off and then they buff it and polish that. And then they put it in like a chromium nitrate or a, a nickel chrome um, fluid solution bath and they dip it. And that I, I believe is also electronically charged. And what that does is the chromium nickel or the nickel chromium solution, the chemical um, is what bonds and adheres to the copper coating, I think. And what happens then is, is once that that process is done, it it forms that chrome plated um, finish on it. And then they pull it out, and then they they rinse it, um, and then that what that's what leaves that really bright, shiny silver finish on the on the um on the part wow that's
1: mad that 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 process must have been very well i don't i'm i'm someone who's like i get really like impatient you know when i want something and when i'm passionate about something like i want it like yesterday and i want to enjoy it yesterday yeah (laughs) and so to have that patience to you know be at this for so long it's some insane dedication (laughs) thank you I couldn't do that. man. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, though, like, uh, in a way, I've sort of been patient with, uh, with, with me getting in getting my first truck, like, I've said it before, I won't bore people with the whole story. But I saw a, a truck like what, maybe 11, maybe nearly 12 years ago now. And ever since I saw one, I was like, Oh, man, I've got to have one where like how much are they and then I saw the price and I looked at my life and I was like fuck (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna take some saving up and I just never was in a position to you know either financially or whether we were traveling a lot or doing something I was looking at my life and I was like oh just not in a position to get one just yet and then the, the time came and it was about 10 11 years later where I was in a position to get one so But when you had one and you you are working on it and you're I'm guessing you're looking at it and walking past it every single day and maybe touching it every week, uh, it could that would piss me off, man. I'd I'd piss myself off by just looking at it all the time, going still not ready, still not done. I need to do this. I need to do that. (laughs) Do you know? Were you? Did you have times like that where you were just looking at it, going for fuck's sake? I just want it to be finished.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I've wanted to roll it off a cliff and and. Uh, burn it and 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 get it out of my life but really, oh yeah I I mean it's just the cycle of building stuff and it's just part of the the emotions that come through but you push through those moments or you just say I need to walk away from it for six months or Mm -hmm. I need to walk away from it from a couple weeks and then you know get the motivation and inspiration to go back to it and Try and break it down into small projects, not this massive, huge project, because you inevitably you're going to get overwhelmed if you look at the entire picture. So what are the small things you want to accomplish and focus on those and and have a goal list set up? And then that's, you know, usually what kept me from being impatient with it.
1: Mm, sound advice. And there's something that I, I did very early on is i purchased a whiteboard with a whiteboard pen and i would just sit and write bullet points of things that i wanted to achieve oh yeah and I would just tick them off and it was such a and i encourage anybody that's got a project i encourage you to give that a go because um you know mentally just being able to strike a pen through something that you've done gives you that instant like oh graphicate like you're just like oh thank fuck i've done yeah. that and then you can move on to the next thing and it's just like you just inst- you get that i don't know if it's dopamine i don't know but you just get that feeling that you've accomplished something so exactly like you said mate like have
0: a, a bunch of goals set up and just take them off one by one I'd write stuff on the list that I just finished just mm. to cross them off. Just because yes. I wanted to go, fuck yes, I got it done. <laughs> Same as me. Like things I'd even forget. And I'd be
1: like, oh, shit, I forgot I'd just done that. So let's write that down and take it off. <laughs> yeah, Totally. Dude, let's talk about the interior like for a moment because that looks amazing. Let's talk about the clocks. Let's yeah. talk about the cluster. right? Tell us about that. Where, how did that come about?
0: So the, uh, the gauges are speed hut and, um, with the Audinger engines, VDO used to build, um, some custom gauges for Audinger cars and they had the Audinger script printed on the, the gauge faces. And so when I, I finalized, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a red interior um I want old school looking gauges but I wanted like a GPS speedometer and you know some of these other you know modern amenities mm. uh just again to clean up the car you know cables and 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 um, hoses aren't going into the engine bay and it's just wires to sensors it's a lot easier and then I don't need a speed sensor so I could weld that hole up in the transmission again something that no one would know but I, th- I, I welded up the, the threaded hole for the speed speedo sensor because now I have a GPS speedo. Wow. but a- anyways, I found that company as like, oh, I love these gauges. they're affordable and they'll custom screen print the, whatever font you want on them. And so I had the original Ottinger font from the video gauges uh, printed on them just so that it was that neat little you know throwback touch. It's that little Easter egg thing that you mentioned
1: earlier about, you know, thing, people will notice when they're looking at it and they'll be able to spot little details, which makes it a show car. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Um, yeah, it just looks great. And obviously, did you have to reupholster the dash? I, I'm guessing there's no vents.
0: Yeah. So my friend Sean, uh, he owns a, an upholstery shop called Top Stitch Auto Upholstery uh, near my home. Uh, He did the entire interior. And so we, I found the flame red uh, Carlisle leather and it's got six hides of leather in the interior. And um, you know, all of my favorite show cars all had upholstered dashboards. And so I, I went to him and I said, I really want this upholstered in red leather. And he's like, I hate doing this, Aaron, but yeah i'll I'll do it for you (laughs) and and it was beautiful and then you know the the trim on the dashboard um you know i you know the original stuff is plastic like silver painted plastic Mm. and uh, i built stainless steel uh stainless steel trim and welded the little threaded rods into it so you could screw it in and and so i i hand welded and, and brushed all the stainless uh, on the dash and the door so that it just had more of that high-end feel so you wouldn't look at it and see plastic you saw like handbrushed stainless steel wow. and so that complemented it pretty well too
1: it looks great man it look, and you've got the uh the, the gear shifter which is like again i only found this out a little while ago is that the one where you can like just push forward and pull back to change gears
0: nope it, it's not sequential but it is it is the motorsport the CAE motorsport shifter and so you know it's got like an inch of throw instead of like six inches of throw
1: right okay so it's still like left up and down and then middle and up is same it work, does it work the same as a normal manual um, transmission
0: it does yeah it's right. it, the, the car's got a Uh, an O2S transmission so it's a 2014 uh, sorry 2017 uh, Jetta 1.4 liter uh, 6 speed with the bell housing from a Corrado G60 transmission to bolt it to the car so um, it it is a 6 speed but it is it it is an H pattern just like you know the normal Volkswagen that, that we're all used to
1: right yeah I'm eager to know what your favorite things are with this car. What your, like? How do you have a favorite thing about it? Mm,
0: I would say, you know, the the engine is for a lot of clear reasons. That that's probably my favorite piece of the car. Mm. Um, the the door corners, the the upper door corner and the lower door corner, we we round it out. Um, just to create a new body line. That might be my second favorite piece. And then um, the gas tank is actually bodyworked and painted as nice as the outside of the car. And it's upholstered in the red leather. The The straps that hold it up are upholstered in the red leather that the interior is. So that by, might be my next favorite after that.
1: Wow. And has it got air ride? Am I, am I seeing a gas tank in the back?
0: Yeah, you're seeing uh, a, a, an air ride. The what was it the airlift three P management with a a five gallon flow tank um, that we upholstered in the red leather and the, the houndstooth to match. And and then I bent all the hard lines myself and and polished them up. And that was pretty fun too.
1: I bet oh, if I had the money and the time and the space, I'd fucking love to do. Like all this shit, like making something look fucking beautiful. I really would enjoy that. Did you, did you enjoy? Obviously, you said there's times where you wanted to fucking throw it off a cliff. <laughs> like, did you, for the most part, did you enjoy the process? I want to know what the, your favorite parts were.
0: I, I did. I, I really did enjoy the, the process. You know, I, I got lost in it for a while. It was just a little bit of a, it just dragged on and on, but then, you know, when the car went to the body shop and I started seeing, oh, it's in sealer, now it's in primer and oh, it's in paint. And then, you know, the engine comes back from tectonics, uh, from getting built and, oh, there's a new piece of Chrome coming. And, and when it started coming together and then, you know, friends started coming around and we just all got together to, to finish it. That's really that's really when it, it it started resonating with me, and, and probably some of the most fun I've, mm. I've had. Yeah, amazing. And now,
1: sort of going sort of another direction, but obviously you're taking it to shows. How, just off the top of your head, how many shows do you think you've entered this vehicle in?
0: Uh, you know, not that many right now. Um, I I brought it to SEMA. And then I brought it to Alpine Volksfair uh, in Georgia where I got best to show. Um, there was a hot rod show at, near home this spring. I brought it to So it was at three shows. There was a show called Back to the 80s. I brought it to in, in June. Unfortunately, I got COVID. So I had to miss a show um, again in June that I was going to bring it to. So uh four shows so far and i've got one two three four more to bring it to this year for sure mm.
1: wow and you love to explain it to me as well um maybe it's the same as um bodybuilding i don't know maybe maybe not i used to be heavily into bodybuilding and i was about to enter my first bodybuilding contest (laughs) it's so funny to me now because it was so so many years ago but i thought you know back in the day i was like yeah man i want to be huge and i want to be ripped and vascular that's me man that's my life and i want to get in pants and stand on stage and and win a plastic uh, trophy and then go and do it all over again for another year like yeah how what are your thoughts on that what what is it about the shows that gets you excited and, and obviously we, we've talked about the people and stuff but you I'm guessing you've won
0: some shows as well I would, I would love to know the feeling that you've got from that you know the shows are fun because I get to show off the hard work the fruits mm. of my labor um, and I get to share it with people you know I, I think showing off is the wrong word cause there's some negative connotations with that I think sharing the car with people to enjoy and then you know the reunion that you get to have with all of your friends that you haven't seen for some time that's really what again it does kind of go back to the people um when i won best of show in georgia i was i was honored there were um there's some very very nice cars at that show um cars that i thought were nicer than mine and to get best to show just you know it's it, it just feels amazing to be recognized for the work you did and, and that others appreciate uh what you've done and yeah. and that's you know it's not about a trophy like if i wanted you know a plastic trophy i could go buy you know at a trophy store a 30 trophy and there <laughs> we go like put it in my it on my my shelf but um but winning those trophies it's it again it's not about the trophy but it's a little reminder of you know the recognition you got for the hard work and in what you've accomplished
1: i can understand that yeah
0: totally understand
1: that um now obviously you're a well-established um person within the social media obviously your instagram is like, like you've got 10,000 plus followers right now <laughs> and i wonder after well firstly how was that like a slow burn to get that that much recognition or was it like nearly overnight what what's the what's the story there
0: you know i don't understand social media all that well so I don't understand the algorithms and all of this. I'm starting to get to know it a little better, mm-hmm. um, but uh, or try to understand it a little more. But like I think what I am finding was a, a year ago, February, I had like 2,000 followers. And then it sort of just exploded when I when the car started getting more recognition and, and I started posting more, of the final product and it, it just, it kind of exponentially grew more and more and more. And I'm like, Whoa, I, holy moly. I got 10,000 people. I I had no idea. Mm. And you, you know, like, uh, Ryan from fuck. Yeah. Volkswagens has become a friend of mine and we were take kind of taking a piss at each other for fun and, you know, totally not serious, but we're like, um, we're like, Oh yeah, whoever gets to ten thousand followers first, um, you know, the other person has to buy him dinner at Alpine Volkswagen. Just, <laughs> you know, again, being just complete dicks for mm. fun, just like not serious at all. And and so he would post something like, "Don't follow Aaron because I need to beat him," and then and then I would repost that, and it had the opposite effect, and people would follow me, and it was <laughs> I, it was just just a silly stupid fun just because again social media um is not real life and no, no, yeah. and if anything it's just something to show the world what you're doing and and if you take yourself too seriously then you then you're doing it wrong you know mm. yeah the the
1: um the topic of social media comes up quite a lot on the podcast I. Me and Derek from VW CaddyGround, we have a bunch of laughs about about everything and the shit that he gets sent on a daily basis, where people just want to use him for his numbers. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, 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 has anything like that happened to to you? Has any have you had any encounters just because of your following? Has anybody like tried to say, "Hey, could you? Uh, we'll sponsor you for this if you post about this." Have you had that yet?
0: Not really. Um, you know, I, I haven't had that kind of interaction. You know, more I have a lot of people that are getting into the cars so they don't know a lot about them or, you know, ask a lot of technical questions. And that would probably be what I get the most. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I do my best to answer them. But, you know, at, there is an, a, a certain point where it's like, you know, I want to live my life not on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and or I, I just don't know the answers. And so, you know, there's a balance of like wanting to be, again, that positive knowledge source or person to help. You know, you, you don't know. You don't know they come from or, or what their situation is. And so if they ask a question, you know, maybe they are looking up I, I to you. And, and it makes me a little uncomfortable to think that people would look up to me. Even though I just got done saying I was looking up to other people, you know, years ago when I was trying to build something, but I just, I don't put myself in that light just personally. Mm. Maybe I'm too humble to a fault, but like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there's a balance on social media where you like, don't ignore people. Like if they have a question, like try to answer it, but then, you know how much time can you dedicate to every question that comes and you you have to find a balance Mm. in your personal life and still help people when you can because that's what it's all about right yeah i definitely agree
1: um yeah Uh, getting i mean i i by no means have a great following or anything like that but i i you know it doesn't stop people Message I get messages every single day, mostly about the podcast. You know, people that I don't know are just messaging, saying, "I want to. How do I get on the podcast? I want to. I want. How do I? I want to speak about this." And I don't even know these people. They've not introduced themselves. A lot of people are very like rude and like straight Mm. up. Do you know what I mean? And again, I joke about it with Derek, and it's it's you know it's it's just because. Of the reach, I suppose, and what mm-hmm. it will do for that person. And I think it's so tragic that we live in a time where people are really focusing on the wrong thing. Like, they're focusing more on their following. Like, why is that a big deal? Um, mm-hmm. It's I, – I, I don't know if I told you. I don't know if you knew about this. I, maybe I mentioned it on the podcast. But uh, someone – very, very early on, I believe it was like last year when I first started this podcast. And I was looking to, I, I was trying to figure out what the podcast could become, you know, because uh-huh. I was thinking to myself, you know, I want to listen to something at work. I've, I've listened to all my Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin records. I want to listen to something educational, you know, maybe a podcast. So I was like, okay, let's see if there's any Mark One Volkswagen podcast I can learn about pickup trucks and stuff and they're really I didn't see anything at the time and so I was like okay maybe I can you know start my own fuck it why not let's let's start a podcast and I'll talk about stuff that I myself would want to listen to so I was like okay what can I do I could perhaps get a guest on and we could chat shit and maybe I could have the same guest on and maybe develop a have a co-presenter I don't know and then it became this thing where I would invite different people on each week and it became this thing where people would come on and tell their story and I remember early on I was like okay who who do I know firstly um, who who do I know that I could talk to and the first one of the first person first people that I knew was Bobby Olman, and I was like right I'll just I'll just send him a message see if he wants to come on and lo and behold he did he came on and told his Incred- he set the bar so high what a great storyteller but then after that i was like, okay let me just like send a message to a bunch of other people that i sort of know of and let's see if they want to come on the show and tell their story let's see if we can build on something and i'll tell you most of the people were very very nice and came on the show but there was a very small number of people that messaged back and they just did not want to know or they would just like, shut me down and be like, definitely not. I don't like podcasts are boring. It's something I'm not into count me out sort of thing. And then there was another, there's a couple of people. And uh, they, <laughs> firstly, they wanted to know how many listeners I had first before mm. agreeing to anything. And I was like, Obviously, that might be important to some people. But I was like, what the fuck does that got to do with anything? I explained, like, look, I'm just getting started with this podcast. Its main thing is to bring people together, tell their story, and to educate the listeners. That's it. Like, do you want to be a part of this thing that I'm creating? So from that, you should already guess that there's not going to be that much of a following. But they, they would just decline... Based mm. on the fact that there is not many listeners at the beginning, and I was like, "Fuck!" Some people are like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's madness. But hey, we're we're here, and we we've what this is episode like forty-two or something like that, and it's we've had some great guests on, some great stories, and they're, they're in no particular order. Like, there's no one that's favoured more than another person, whether they've got you know people like Derek who've got like. 300 million followers or people like me, we've got less than 5,000. It's just, I don't think there's, there should be a, a scale or such, but I just think everybody should have their own. They should have, they deserve to come on and tell their story, you know? And, I, uh,
0: I think that's on. great. I think that's fantastic. Um, it, it's disappointing that people decline it and, you know, for whatever reasons, I, I'm not even going to start to guess, but, um, You know, if it's at the at the root, if it's trying to get people together and that's what social media is trying to do is if you're using it correctly is to to develop a network of people for you to engage with, Mm. you know, as it grows, you just then have more contacts with people and then your opportunities for experiences and conversations grow and, mm. and I believe when you can focus on that and I'm hearing that's what you are focusing on, mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. I, and I, and I love that approach because it's true to what you want to do and, and, and why you're into these cars and, and the groups.
1: Mm. I think social media is like a love hate. It's a love hate thing for me. I, is it that same for you?
0: Oh, it is. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely um you know it it, it's fun taking pictures of my car and 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 reading the comments and 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 sharing all of that with people and then in and and then also watching other people's uh cars and and seeing like what you post and you know even like uh the funny story that you just posted what yesterday you know you, you open up the the air conditioning window in the back. And then you're showing up your, Chrome, your Chrome window handle and like, Ooh, you bet you wish you had that Chrome handle, um, you know, like that yeah. kind of stuff is fun, right? I enjoy little glimpses of people's lives mm. and, and the folks that I want to engage with. And I, and then, you know, what I hate is all of the noise and the drama and um, how people get sucked in really easily. And, I, and so I'll take breaks all the time like I haven't been posting nearly as much as I used to I'll be honest I'm a little bored of taking pictures of my car still mm. um and I'm just kind of waiting till the next show or the next time I get it out for a drive or something and I'll be inspired to take a good photo and I'm I'm waiting for people to be tired of the car and in <laughs> the pictures but it seems like anytime i take a picture of something else no one likes it and then i take another picture of the car and i get 1500 to 2000 likes and i'm like well i guess people still like it so all right <laughs> cool <laughs> now we've
1: touched a lot a lot about you know community and people uh, i'm interested to know and you've probably mentioned a few already today but like who who do you look up to i mean you, you know i'm i'm sure you've got people looking up to you but who do you look up to who who inspires you in this community who who sort of shines out to you straight away like a, a bunch of people that you think oh you know what if it wasn't for this person yada 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 or i like what this person's doing yada yada yada
0: yeah um i really look up to a lot of people who are just doing their own thing right and Mm -hmm. and building their own cars the way that they want and the folks that are getting their hands dirty and and looking looking to learn and not afraid to learn and sharing it with with folks and and so i don't want to call out any specific names necessarily you know mm. i could say uh, you know the cars that i i look up to are still you know the mivw cars um kyle w's mark three i haven't seen that in person um etc but like you know the the just the average f- people who are in the garage trying and y- you know welding and building stuff and getting creative right like not mm. just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing those are really the folks that i i like watching you know mm-hmm. and and paying attention to because it's not about the status it's not about the numbers that they have you know i it, I think it'd be really easy to say oh i i look at magnus walker or i look at you know this famous hot rod builder or um, you know, all the Hoonigan guys. Now the Hoonigan guys are all great. I've I've had the opportunity to meet them and they're I actually sincerely enjoy all of my time with them and getting to know those those folks um at nice. shows and things. But I really enjoy like the Walter Poplins and the um uh what is his name? Um Oh, gosh, he's got the LS-swapped rabbit pickup truck.
1: truck. Um, LS-swapped. What color is it?
0: It's yellow. It's V8. Um, Dumpy Bunny. Dumpy Bunny has uh, that that caddy truck with mm. rear-wheel drive V8. And, um, you know, um, Ryan Bielman, the, you know, the People's Car Podcast, what you're doing, you know, I, I could go on and and I'll say that's, Really, that's kind of what I, I look at. And if I look up to any individuals like aspirationally, I'm actually finding a lot of inspiration outside of our communities and looking at, you know, metal fabricators and like metal craftsmen that, um, I want to learn those skills, metal forming and better welding and and, and things so that I can, advance my i'll say um coach work Mm. is what i want to work on in the future and develop those skills so kind of those people that work with their hands and 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 are professionals that i could really go oh i want to learn this stuff Mm. yeah that's
1: a nice answer and i i agree with you there i i really and that's what i try to really be become and stay true to is being different like I mentioned it before where in today's society I wanted to be different from all the other vehicles everybody's fucking driving electric vehicles or really modern futuristic vehicles and I want to be different so how can I do that um I'll buy a 40 year old pickup truck <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm different in that sense and then I, I got into this community and I was like right okay how can i be even more different within a community where we're all driving the same vehicle and i was like well i'm talking about the uk scene by the way so i was like okay i'm gonna get i'm gonna get an american one of these and i'll be different in that sense you know what i mean so yeah like and there's and and still I think the journey is still ongoing for me I'm trying to find out how what my next step could be where I could be completely different and do something that you know not you know because this is going to be my other question is what are the things that you are seeing in the community that you think has sort of like just been copy and pasted or repeated rinse repeat rinse repeat like No shade to anybody with BBSs, like Mm RSs at all. I think they're amazing. I think they look great. And I guess that's why people have them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, who's trying to be different, really, really different, um, I just don't see the massive appeal to BBS RSs. I love the look of them, and they work flawlessly. And there's some great people. I think Noah, who's been on the show, has got some. And they look fucking phenomenal. There's other people that have got them. They look fucking great. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just want something that, that you don't see every day. That's just my own preference. Yeah. Um, I want to know what, what you've seen where you think, oh, it's been done already. Oh, it's been done. I've seen this too. Everybody's doing this. What are the, what are the things that stick out for you?
0: Yeah. Um, ooh, that's a, t- that's a, a great question and a really tough question as well because – There's no pressure. Uh,
1: I don't want you to feel like you're going to offend anybody. You can offend me if you want. I really don't care. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to just, we can start a discussion. I really en- enjoy getting into people's minds.
0: Yeah. Um. You know, the, Oh gosh. No, it, Um. no, it's a, it's a tough question because I've never really thought about what's like played out necessarily. I, I do think that um, I I think that personally I'm tired of seeing shit boxes with expensive wheels and suspension on them. <laughs> um, sure. Sure. I, I think that's played out. I think in the intentional shit boxes I should say I'm a little tired of. Um I think we can take pride and put effort into our vehicles regardless of budget. Mm. And so you don't have to have a hundred thousand dollar or a fifty thousand dollar or a twenty thousand dollar mark one. You could have a two, you know, a two thousand dollar, thousand pound Mark One and it could still be really cool because you you the care you put into it. But when when you're just lazy about it and you're just like fuck it and Mm. buy wheels that are more expensive than the car and you slam it like that was intriguing back in the day but i'm i'm really over it to be honest um that's fair
1: that's a fair answer man
0: the uh, the, the only thing
1: is i the only excuse me the other day i only found out that someone had like five thousand dollar wheels and i was like what what do you mean five thousand if i was rolling around town here with five thousand pounds or five thousand dollar wheels, I'd I'd park my vehicle and I'd come back and the thing would be on cinder blocks. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'd be on, yeah. There's no fucking point. I, I had a just before this podcast actually little trivia. I had a little convert little one one and two back with back and forth with Winfred, because uh, I put a story up where I was at the supermarket and I was I was basically filming uh, a pregnant woman smoking and I was like. Uh, This is what's wrong with society, Uh, pregnant women, pregnant women smoking. And uh, and I proceeded to get out of my vehicle, my my truck, and I locked it. And Winfred was like, you actually lock your truck? And I was like, fuck, yeah, I do. Like, if I I didn't lock it, it wouldn't be there when I came back. Like, regardless of the age, regardless of how stupid it looks and or how fucking rotten it looks, whatever, like when you come to Britain, when you come to the U.K., like, mm-hmm. you can't trust everybody, and you can't trust every location. Like, I'm sorry, I'm one of these that I'm fucking precious about my vehicle. No matter what it looks like, mm-hmm. no matter what the value is, I don't want, I can't afford to have a stolen vehicle right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, you know, regardless of the actual, how much things cost, it's also like the, the time uh, and attention you've put into something as well like I'm sure you can speak for this as well. If you spent like 11 years putting a vehicle together, no matter the cost, it, there's so much emotional value invested in it as well. So if you, if it ever got stolen, sure you could replace it and you, or you could get the money back, but it's like that exact vehicle, you put so much into it. You can't really replace that unless you want to spend another 11 years putting something similar together. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah we had an interesting thing going back and forth and i don't think he, he understood why i locked
0: my car <laughs> oh yeah i i can yeah. understand that um you hit on it it's for me if you put care into it and you're not just throwing things together like I guess nothing bugs me more than people just taking intentional shortcuts because they don't have the patience. Right. Mm. And and it doesn't have to be out of this world, but just do your best. And, and it shows, right. Mm. And, and, and again, that's not money. It's, it could be, you're just learning and you're trying and that that's enough. Right. And I can Mm -hmm. see there's some really cool cars that, people do on really low budgets because they've just taken the time to learn and they have a vision and you can see that that vision is, is, was, um, throughout the entire build.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent agreed. One hundred percent.
0: Now, you know,
1: we've got some interesting things coming up on the show. Obviously we've got, um, questions from the listeners. That's obviously coming up in the, in the next bit. Uh, i i want it before we dive into those though i wanted to ask again and this is something that i throw up to you know everybody that comes on the show now is just a few questions that you don't have to spend too much time thinking about all right so even if it's just like the first thing that comes into your head go with it all right so the first thing i want to know is what grinds your gears what annoys you what pisses you off first first uh, thing
0: <laughs> uh know-it-alls and arrogance
1: okay yeah yep and you, you can ex- you can expand on it if you want
0: uh just you know know-it-alls that uh, they know everything or they're, they're better than you and and uh and that arrogance i think that 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 pisses me off
1: mm. have you had any experiences like that because i definitely have had all the some. time yeah i've I swear I've put up a question to someone once and they, they just sort of rattled off a bunch of lingo that I hadn't learned yet, and they just assumed that I knew and and they you know just yeah they just gave up on explaining in the first place so yeah, I guess that's part of what you're talking about what What experiences have you had? I mean, you don't have to mention any names or anything, but
0: uh, just just people that you know don't have the time for for someone unless you um unless you have status or something you know like you know oh i didn't know you were so and so uh otherwise it would have given you the time of day like if you had a, a, a like a question that you needed an answer or there's also um uh you know people that just think they know more than everybody else and they have to like prove it you know and Mm. and just kind of that vortex drama or internet drama like they have to be right and it's just like eh, it's it's not what we're about here it's not what we're not why we're into these cars and Mm. i would i would say um i'd say that's it yeah
1: okay okay fair answer and what on the other end of the scale what do you love
0: I love when, um, you know, someone learns something, uh, or does something really cool. They're willing to share it and they take the time to like, you know, answer some questions. Maybe they're not, you know, giving their entire day, you know, and and dedicating, you know, more than what's reasonable within their, their life outside of all of this. But, um, you know, if they do something cool and you have a question and they, they take the ans- the time to answer more than like a single word response or something, and they show a little effort because, you know, again that conversation we had earlier about wanting to help people learn, and we're all on the in these experiences together in this journey together.
1: Mm, absolutely, uh, and the other question I have is: let's take money out of the equation. There's no money is no object. Yeah. Or- you could only have. You've got a four-space garage. What are the four vehicles, four dream vehicles that you have to have for the rest of your life?
0: <laughs> Whew, all right, that's that's tough. Mm. Um, only four. Okay. D- does a trailer count as one of those or no? Uh. Well, no. I mean, it's something you can drive. <laughs> okay. So. Um, You got to have your tow vehicle. So, you know, diesel pickup truck to to tow your vehicle with. Mm -hmm. Trailer outside, I'm going to say it with an asterisk, trailer outside of those four spaces. Uh, Find my mate to take it for me. Um, Porsche 964 turbo. A a rabbit, Mark 1 rabbit. Mm Mm-hmm. And a 1961 Chevy Impala bubble top.
1: Bubble top. Okay, there you go. There's your four-space garage. Wow. See, everybody chooses a Porsche. Everybody I've asked so far, I believe, have said Porsche for one of them. Interesting. Very interesting.
0: You know, I wouldn't mind, you know, trading that out for... Um, some race car or a race car of some sort you know i'm still very deep in in, into to that world but you know i just don't know what that would be Mm. so you know porsche is an easy answer see when i tend to answer it i kind of think practically
1: i think okay one vehicle for camping one vehicle for taking the dog out in uh one vehicle for speed and the pickup truck those are my four and do you i'm do you camp? Do you go camping or anything like that where you are?
0: Not as much as uh, not as much as I want to, but yes. Mm.
1: Do you do you go t- camping in tents or is it a, a, a vanagon sort of deal or what's the what's your preferred
0: camping situation? Well, so you're gonna you're gonna blast me because everybody I know from the UK says these drive like tractors, um, <laughs> but. In a perfect world, it would be a Defender 110 with a Cummins turbo diesel and a rooftop tent.
1: I love the rooftop tents. I've seen them on many vehicles now, and I absolutely love that idea. In fact, when we went uh, road tripping around Australia, we actually stayed, ne- we slept uh, parked <laughs> up next to someone with uh, a a rooftop tent and i think it was like some sort of four by four land rover or something like that it was amazing to see and they had a dog and everything um but over here especially on the island where it's a very rural area and i see defenders every fucking day man like and i don't <laughs> think i don't think you guys
0: got them over there did you uh we didn't and they're ridiculously expensive here because everybody wants to import them
1: yeah I think there's a guy
0: who does it for a living, just
1: buys them over here and imports them or exports them out to you guys and makes a fucking killing. Yeah. But yeah, I just yeah. see them every day, man. It's it's just ridiculously common. It's the same with the um, Volkswagen T5 and T6s. Again, I don't know if you guys got them over there, but again, very common vehicle, lovely vehicles to be fair. Um, but yeah, it's just something we, we, uh, we have plenty of like, especially over here in a tourist town where everybody's coming over to camp, where everybody's mm-hmm. coming to go to the beach and be tourists or whatever, you just see tons and tons of vehicles. This is a very heavily populated island with Volkswagen owners. Like, I'm not just talking about like the campers, but I've seen like Mark Twos, a lot of Mark Threes. There's like Mark Fours for days. Like, I'm not even joking. I awesome. think. People- People from the US that have never been to the UK, if you came and you saw the Euro spec, like older Volkswagens, like 90s, before, maybe after, you'd fucking have a field day. You'd love it over here if that's what you're into. And I'm sure it'd be the same for me. If I went to like Pennsylvania and saw Rabbits and Mark 1s for days, I would lose my shit. I don't know how I would react. (laughs) I really don't. I fucking (laughs) love i love that I, I it's something that we we have touched on on the podcast before but not in great detail but i'm a sucker for the rabbit pickup late westy early Westie. i don't it doesn't really matter I, obviously i prefer the early Westie, but the colors you know you guys were all about the colors exterior interior whereas i think here in the uk the um the the interiors were mainly just like patterns and tartans and stuff that we didn't really have the color options that you guys had. And that is why maybe it's down to me just wanting to be different and wanting things that are different, you know, and trying to be different apart from the crowd and all that shit. But I was just drawn to the, uh, the pickup trucks over there. They're so colorful. Um, what is your relationship with the pickup trucks?
0: Uh, so I will have a pickup truck uh, mm-hmm. at, at some point. Um, a friend of mine, Glenn, uh, uh, KW Glenn on Instagram, he's he's got one in California for me. Um, my relationship with them is that I love them, uh, but I have ADHD with with cars right now and i'm like indecisive on what i want to build next and but um i really i really want to do a rabbit pickup truck and i really want to do a datsun like a late 60s datsun 521 or 620 Mm. pickup truck um and regardless of which one or both uh, the Rabbit pickup truck has to be rear-wheel drive. So I'll have to make it rear-wheel drive. And I don't know why that's stuck in my head, but um, it's going to be a big project regardless.
1: Yeah, yeah. Would you make it like a showpiece or would you want to build something to drive it?
0: Something really tidy, but I definitely want to drive it.
1: Yeah. Have you seen any any pickup trucks in the, the community that like really... Shine out to you that you think, oh fuck me, that's that's so cool what that person's doing. Obviously, we mentioned Dumpy Bunny, um, mm-hmm. but is there any others that you think, oh fuck me, man, that that pickup truck there is awesome.
0: Um, what is his name? Forrest Brenner's white truck. I really love that truck.
1: Mm. People say it's one of the cleanest trucks going.
0: Yeah, that I mean, outside of the RSs, and I think he's got different wheels on it now. I think that might be my favorite truck of all.
1: Mm. Now, uh, I'm going to have to mention some names now, just so that people know what I'm talking about. But there's no disrespect. Before I, before I say what I'm about to say, there is no disrespect to people that I'm about to mention because I've got okay. nothing nothing but love for these people. But, and I'm just talking about Instagram here. I'm sure they're amazing people in person. Yep, uh, but there is a guy. There's two guys. One who Derek mentioned on his episode, and it's Mister Tiefenrausch, I think. T- something like that. He's like a. It's like a silvery-looking mm. pickup truck. I think it's Mister Tiefenrausch. Roush. It's anyway. I'm sure people know who I'm talking about. But he just posts like the same picture or pictures on like a rotate like just reposting photos that got like thousands and thousands of likes from the same photo shoot that happened like years and years and years ago Hmm. and i'm like oh for me like i understand why they're doing it and they're amazing photos but i'm like oh come on just give us something fresh give us something that we haven't seen yet you know show us a different angle of it don't Post the, the same photo for like the sixth or seventh time. It's the same with the guy. The other guy I was going to mention is um, that doesn't really do that as much, but it's uh, is the guy with the Red Bull rap. Uh, v, uh, WRC Caddy something. I don't know. He's, he's the guy with the Red Bull. He's in the Netherlands. And, oh, see, uh, I've
0: never seen either of those. So i have to look. Really?
1: Well, oh, there you go. They're, they're both, I believe, show trucks they're they're mint which is great you know it's cool to see mint condition this and perfectly like like we talked about earlier like really well detailed things people have taken the time to take care of certain things and make sure that there's no inch like fucked do you know what I mean everything's totally taken care of and there's so much admiration for that but like when it comes to posting and that's what I'm talking about this whole thing of Instagram it's like If someone's looking at that stuff, someone's subscribed or following that, give us something fresh, give us something new to look at rather than rehashing the same things that worked, that got the views, got the likes. I wanna see something fresh. I wanna see something new. I wanna see something that we haven't seen yet with this vehicle. Or I don't know, maybe I'm just going off on a tangent, but that's just something that I see. And again, no disrespect to those guys. I'm sure they're lovely lovely people i just i just ah something that's i guess that's what grinds my gears
0: <laughs> I, i'm with you and i think that's why i'm bored of taking pictures of my car mm. and again i'll find something new to post about but like i'm ready to start taking pictures of other things that i have going on and mm. and, and share more than just my car
1: i would love i'd love it mate if you got a if if you got a pickup truck i'd love to watch that that journey unfold for you i really i really would seeing what you've done with with the swallowtail like i'm sure if you've got that level that caliber of attention to detail and you know the going forward i'd love to see what you could achieve with another vehicle a pickup truck for me because i'm a sucker for those but like i would watch with tent hook. is that the right term tent hooks i would watch with bated breath like i would yeah. really i'd really want to watch that's what i would want to see uh me personally well
0: it'll but... likely come it might not be for a little bit the truck but it's definitely on my list
1: mm, amazing now what about madness have you ever been to madness
0: I haven't been to Madness, no, and unfortunately, I've got some family obligations that are keeping me from going. I'm really sad that I'm not going this year. Uh,
1: I suppose, also, you must be so far away from Pennsylvania, right?
0: Yeah, it's like a thousand miles. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty far. That's pretty far. So, you, if you ever did go, there's some fucking
0: dedication right there, isn't there? It is so you know madness next year and cult classic next year. Those two are on my list of, of my priorities that I want to do next year. Amazing.
1: Well, what we'll do right is uh, we'll take a short break so we can talk about my website and uh, people should should go and <laughs> <laughs> take for, um get some merch and all that shit. You can. This will be our little time to so have a little toilet break, but uh, we'll be right back, guys. After this.
0: The Monster
1: Rabbit.com. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support the podcast, then go to themonsterrabbit.com and get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie or both. Every little helps. And if you like the podcast, you'll love the YouTube channel. Just type in the search bar, the Monster Rabbit. Subscribe, watch a few videos. All the links to the socials will be in the show notes below. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to the Monster Rabbit Podcast. I'm here with Aaron Staley. Did I get that right? Staley. You
0: you did. Good job.
1: Good job, man. Okay, we've got (laughs) questions from the listeners. This is the part of the show where Aaron is going to answer your questions that you've submitted via... Instagram stories there's a you every week you'll have a chance to submit a story to my guests and I'm going to read a bunch out to Aaron right now We're going to answer them. So diving straight in. We've got a question here from Kid Ricard He says what's the best advice you'd give to for trying to build a show car. What is the hardest part? Um, yeah, that's a good question. What's the hardest part?
0: Okay, so best advice and hardest part so Um, you got to plan it out. Like, what do you want to do with the car? What's the goal of the car and stick to that. Um, The hardest part is sticking to the plan and taking the time to really understand that every detail matters. And, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not overlooking that little bit of undercoating that's you know that you just didn't want to get with the brush when you're trying to take it off or uh you know you're too lazy to to sand that little corner but then when you paint the car or you 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 get it done those little details like show like a magnifying glass and so Mm -hmm. you know having the energy and focus to really get to that level of detail that that's what makes a show car and that's what's the most difficult
1: Mm -hmm. nice
0: he also says what was your least favorite part of the build Uh, least favorite part of the build Um, getting all the undercoating off and all the sanding and just like a lot of the prep work uh, to get it down to bare metal that's That's gross. That's (laughs) stinky, nasty, and it's not fun. Um, That's probably the worst part about all of it. Mm. All right. Thanks, Kid Ricard. We're going to go straight
1: into another question here from uh, Chris. Until the light takes me. um, He says, your build is epic. If you could do it again, what would you
0: change? Hmm. Um. If I could do it again, what would I change? I'm not super happy with my, my pedal cluster. Um, I've seen a few people do the Willwood pedals like I have after I did mine. And I liked the way they approached it a little bit better uh, with the steering column as well. So I would have probably redone how I mounted those pedals um, to hide them a little bit a little higher up and um, and change how they hung.
1: Yeah. Mm, nice. Uh, we got a question from Mark Duguay, a.k.a. No Poke, No Love. He says, if you had your time back, would you have built a different shell?
0: No. No, I'm actually really happy with this. Um, you know, it was a shell that was nice enough condition where I wasn't fixing a lot of rust, but not in good enough shape where I would have been destroying an original car that should have been preserved. Mm.
1: Amazing. He also says, uh, how many times did you change your mind while building your car? We kind of touched on it earlier. Um, Just again for us. How many times did you change your mind?
0: Let's see. The color, I changed my mind like three or four times. It was always going to be white, but what color white, you know, three Mm. or four times. The engine, I've changed my mind three times. Um, I went back and forth about air ride and coil overs about three times. Uh, though I owned the air suspension the entire time um, yeah so you know a couple different aspects of the car about three or four times each so that's wow. what's dangerous about long projects is you have the time to mm. <laughs> to change your mind
1: yeah yeah I, I bet man like see I don't want to change the subject and put point the light on on me this is your episode but like I suppose that's where we kind of differ with when it comes to building a project car and for someone like me who's just got a this truck is like my my consider my daily it's like yeah. the only, one of the only vehicles i've got so i need to have this like running all the time and yeah. like money is an issue money's is an op, uh, what's the word money is like a, a big factor in this whole thing so it's like what can i afford what would be what would be best Yep. And what would be, or, you know, you kind of go through those, uh, options of, okay, what would be good, what would be better and what would be the best option for my truck or my situation? And I kind of have to do it that way. Obviously I don't want to chuck shitty parts on a, on a vehicle that's my forever vehicle. Of course not. But sometimes there's situations where it's like, okay, what can I afford and what will get this thing back on the road and get me to and from work and help my situation, but yes. nonetheless, yes. in the long term, you can bet, bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to be like replacing that part with something absolutely beautiful and, and high quality in the future. When the time comes, say, for example, like suspension, um, a good friend of mine, Kieran, here in the UK, he, he donated me some front adjustable coilovers donated. I don't know what make they are they are the paint is chipped and all that stuff but it's like for at the time it's it's getting me through it's working it's doing its thing and i can lower the truck yeah right? absolutely but you know, you know for a fact that in the future i'm going to be looking at options that are okay what's a better quality uh front suspension what what can i work with what, what can i aim to save uh you know and spend some money on um because like i said it's a forever vehicle i want this thing to last and you know, is something to aim for. And, uh, yeah, I forgot the question.
0: <laughs> what, um, how many oh, times did I move back and forth. Change. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I, I, again, I'm, I do apologize. I, I want this episode to be about you. Um, and I, I, I get, I just go off on tangents. I do apologize. Uh, oh, back.
0: no, don't apologize. I love the conversation. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> back to you. Oh. Um, Alright, let's let's have another question. This one okay. is sent in from from Ali Richmond here in the UK. It says, "What's your favorite alloy wheels?"
0: Who? Um, I really like old school Compomotive's. Uh, mm. love old school Compomotive's. Um, I, you know, my image I've always wanted a set so I, I do really like what they're doing over there um but i gotta say as far as new wheels go um i'm loving what the rotiform guys are doing and the fact that you could send in an image and basically create your own wheel i, I like what they're th- they're doing in the approach they're taking uh wow. with the alloy wheels
1: wow that's cool he also says, uh, "How do you like your steak cooked?" Uh, medium rare. I think this is the same guy who's asked more food questions on the <laughs> podcast than I think. Like, I think he answered asked last time. I swear, I swear he said, "Like, does pine does pineapple belong on pizza?" And no, stuff like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> you say no straight away. <laughs> oh yeah, straight away. <laughs> what What is your favorite pizza topping? <laughs>
0: um you know i'm a pretty classic kind of guy i i'd probably say you know um like a a traditional like sausage pepperoni onion pepper mushroom and broccoli i do put broccoli on my pizza
1: now you just said classic like i've never heard of a classic pizza with broccoli on it (laughs)
0: That's where I'll, I'll. That's where I'll go sideways and say, and I'll add broccoli to it.
1: <laughs> Why do you put broccoli? Surely vegetables don't shouldn't be anywhere
0: near. Um, I don't know. I'm just weird, I guess. I just like broccoli, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, let's try it. It, it tasted good. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Um, I tell you what's good. Talking about vegetables is like Mediterranean uh, veg, like a a vegetable medley. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Absolutely love it. Um, anyway, back to the questions. Uh, the crusty Caddy has sent in a question. Have you seen this guy? The, the, uh, the truck that's got like graffiti all over it. It's done really, really well. Have you seen that? I
0: have, I have. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. He's basically what happened is I, I believe his friends are like graffiti artists and he just basically supplied them with uh spray paint and said, have at it, just go for it. And, uh, They just spray painted all over his, uh, you know, the graffitied his truck and it looks banging. uh, Amazing. He says, um, have you stretched the legs on that? What was the name of the engine again? Sorry, Otanga. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I need to I need to work on my pronunciations. Ottinger. Have have you have you stretched the legs on that Ottinger? 16 valve how's how's does it perform how does that perform I I think I'm supposed to say Uh,
0: I have had it on the dyno it made 164 brake which is a little low for that engine but we were very conservative with the tuning Mm. Um, I have not driven it enough to stretch its legs I've driven the car 50 miles okay i will though and by the end of the (laughs) summer i'll I'll report back to everyone
1: amazing and i was going to ask what your future plans were um i mean not maybe not necessarily the you know near future but
0: definitely like long term what would you love your plans to look like you know honestly uh just getting out and being able to drive it on a sunny day and you know keep it clean keep it nice but you know, go have a picnic and drive it. Go to, you know, drive it to the car show. Uh, just enjoy it so it's not just a, a museum piece. Mm. I hear you.
1: We've got a question here from Nathan. He says, how often do you clean the car?
0: Uh, you know, I, I dust it off before i take it out every time and then you know by with golfs they get dirty as soon as you you roll them it seems like the back of the hatch always gets dirty just by shape of the car so whenever it gets to the show i have to clean it as well but um it's only been caught in the rain once and that was at alpine volks fair um and so like a deep clean uh, I've only done it once because it's only been dirty once. Mm. Wow. Well, okay.
1: Uh, we got a question here from
0: Ryan. He says,
1: where would you like the community to go? What direction would you like to see the community go?
0: Yeah. I want to see more people uh, get into, you know, restoring or preserving these old cars um really doing more fabrication type work, you know, engine swaps or you know, more than just throwing a set of wheels on a car. Um mm. I'm tired of the the leany wheels, you know, the the extra camber and all the stickers and stuff. And I think um you're really pushing the boundaries of what people's creativity can be and and building stuff.
1: Mm no i agree with you there i agree uh let's see Uh, we got a question here from mike
0: he says what other volkswagens do you own uh what okay so i own uh, an 89 golf rally uh i own a 2006 gti uh, I own a 2006 GTI race car, and I guess I will be owning that pickup truck from my buddy Glenn wow. as soon as I can make it to California to pick it up. Quite the fleet, my man. <laughs> Quite the, I'm so jealous. Now, do you do many track days? You say you've got a race car. I haven't in about 10 years. I, mm. I, 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 raced with APR in Grand Am here in the U S for a while. And I raced, uh, door to door, um, in my mark five race car, but, uh, it's been sitting since about 2013, um, and the goal is to, to do some maintenance work on it and get it back on the track and do some track days. Mm. I'd love to, I'd love to hear more about that. Maybe you can come back on the podcast and tell us more about the
1: track. Cause obviously that's like a whole other conversation on its own. I don't, <laughs> if you've had the chance to uh, listen to the episode I did with uh, Mark James with the, he's got the Kermit rabbit. I don't think. Yeah. That, oh God. Great guy. Uh, awesome dude to chat to. And, you know, tells a hell of a story and, you know, he's, he loves the whole track thing. He does track, track days all the time. So, you know, it's a whole other beast. It's a whole other, you know, subject to talk about, you know. So maybe you can come back and tell us about that one day. That would be
0: cool. Yeah, I'd love that. I've got race stories for hours, so I think that's an episode all on of mm. itself. Yeah, <laughs> man, definitely. Uh, and, yeah, so
1: those are the questions. Thank you guys so much for submitting them. I have actually have a – oh, the question – uh, to finish up with on the podcast. And again, it's the question that I, I throw out to everybody. And I think, like I said at the very beginning, this show is about allowing people to come on, say their thing. and But the other thing as well is I would love this to be also sort of like an educational show. You know, I'd love for some of the I'm, – I'm talking about the new guys as well. And I, I put myself firmly, firmly in that category of being someone new – fresh i mean yes i've got the bentley manual and i'm fucking learning and reading as and as each problem arises uh but i yeah this is aimed towards the new guys the green guys that are just getting started maybe they're in the uk maybe they're in the us maybe they're in south africa i don't fucking know but i i know for a fact that i'm sure we're going to come in bump into the same uh problems this not working that gauge not reading this this not telling me that yada 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 this won't start whatever (laughs) but um i'd love to know what your advice would be to those people like me and and perhaps like people that are even newer into this than me some people that are just getting started what's your advice
0: absolutely so My advice is, first and foremost, don't be afraid to dig in, right? Um, these are mechanical f- objects. Anything can be fixed or replaced, right? If you if you blow a fuse, you can replace a fuse. If you cut a wire, you can fix a wire. Uh, if you need to replace a starter, you can do that, right? Um, mm. Heck, if you blow up an engine, you can put a new engine in it. Like So don't be afraid to get dirty and learn. Mm. Um, google is your friend make sure you google try and google things and 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 see if similar questions or problems have occurred with other people and you know like you mentioned we're dealing with 40 year old fucking vehicles like Mm -hmm. everything that could go wrong has gone wrong with these so someone's had to have documented right Mm. and and meet people, put yourself out there and meet people and don't be afraid to ask a question. I would say the community is ripe and ready for people to to want to help and answer questions. And I'd say the best advice I have for people who are green and really asking a lot of questions is to try and do your research before asking the questions. Instead of just saying, I have this, do you know what's wrong? Because a lot of people kind of do that, right? And kind of sort of expect that you over the internet know what's going on with their vehicle. Take the time and say, this is what I've done. This is what I've researched. And this is what I think is going on. Can you Mm -hmm. help guide me through this scenario give them something to these people that you're asking of their time right and Mm. their knowledge give them the understanding that you've tried this is what you've tried these are the results that you've had and you're still stumped and you give them a little bit to go off of instead of just expecting that they're going to pull something out of their ass and it's going (laughs) to be a car run right yeah 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 oh that's great And that's how you develop friendships, like Mm. because because it shows that you have some skin in the game and you're not just asking, you know, a question for the sake of asking a question or because you're lazy. You're asking a question because you don't know when you've tried. And Mm. I think that says a lot about someone is when you've tried, people are have patience and are willing to help because they know that you've really given it the effort. and You're not just asking for an easy solution.
1: 100 percent. man. You know, I often I often talk about how I think the community is like uh, like Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving dinner, and I think <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think if you want to take something from the community, whether you're asking a question and you want information, I think you've got to be willing at some point to give back. Um, I'll use an example like uh, Walter Paplin. He uh sent me a fucking box full of tan interior parts like steering wheel what the fuck man sent me a steering wheel with like uh you know interior door handle pulleys and loads of bits and bobs mean that stuff and, and so i was like okay if, if i the guy's got you know, know a plethora of vehicles and things he does there's nothing, nothing that the, the guy needs guy from me uh or wants from me so i'm, I'm like okay what can I? Who? Who? I, I guess the stuff that I'm replacing that with, I can then pass on to somebody else for free in the community and give back. And I know not everybody wants to give stuff away for free. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like if if someone has you know given you something or whether it's knowledge or parts, I feel like at some point you've got to have this thing inside you to want to give back to the community not necessarily to that person but to to the community as a whole and i think that will hopefully create a nice little circle and it will go round and round and round like the whole thing of giving receiving and uh yeah basically sorry to piggyback off of your beautiful uh advice there but it's something that i am really passionate about is keeping this very a very positive space you know I have often talk about people hoarding stuff, whether it's knowledge or parts. I think we need to get this stuff out there. We need to get history out there. We need to get people's stories out there. And I just don't want to see fucking 40-year-old rabbit parts just rotting away in someone's garage. You know what I mean? I'd I love, agree. You know what I mean? I'd love to see that stuff being used and people enjoying it. And I think we touched on that very early on in the podcast
0: you pay it forward you know and there there are situations when i i I understand i mean i'm guilty of it like you keep a part because you had to hunt for it and you know the project that you're going to put it on in the future okay well Mm. that might not be hoarding because you may only have one or two of them
1: oh no i'm i'm talking about like people that have got like like multiple 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 like a box full of things that they didn't even know they still had that's why <laughs> i'm not talking about like if you've had to go out of your way to find this absolute like re- like absolute gem piece like holy grail thing i'm talking about people that have have that have like things that may be worthless to them Like there's that term uh one man's junk is another man's treasure like, yeah. there's been so many um, encounters where I've maybe I've been I had like a, I remember vividly talking to someone on like Instagram video chat and they were walking me through their garage and they were because at the time, I believe they were helping me fix an issue that I had. I can't remember what it was. So I apologize. But and I was looking at they were just going they were showing their, the camera around their garage. And I remember spotting something like in a it was like a plastic interior piece. I was like, what the fuck is that? And they were like, "Oh, that, that's nothing. That's just I'm gonna. That's my trash pile. Like I'm gonna put that. All oh, that's going in the trash." And I was like, "Are you fucking joking? Like I'm trying to find that exact piece here, and they're like ridiculously expensive. I think it was like the gear. Um, it might have been the gear shifts around. You know that little thing that goes on on the Mark Ones. The gear shifts around. It's like a plastic square-looking thing. It might have been that. I don't know. But well, like the one, like that holds the boot." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not the boot, but the the plastic bit underneath the gear, gear shifts around. I think. I is think it's cool. Do you I, need I, one? Send send me your address. I'll post no, no, one no. I got good. two of them. <laughs> it's all good, man. I've got one now. But I'm just saying that might have been it. And, okay. And, and there, it's just things like that. And I guess that again maybe talks to the difference between U.S. and U.K. I think the guys in the U.S. can easily let stuff go. Whereas here in the UK, I think people are very – keep themselves to themselves, but they also – for everything that they have, they know that there's some money there and they know they're not going to let it go without putting a price tag on it. Whereas uh, what I've seen and heard and witnessed in the US is like people are very much more willing to let go of things if they know it's going to go to a, a better place. You know what i I mean
0: i can understand that yeah i'm 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 following and i would say that um you know i haven't experienced in the uk so i i I can't i can't say comment Mm. on how your community is but i would say here yeah there's a lot of folks the walter poplins of the world that you know when it goes to a good home they're willing to help and i think Mm. that's pretty amazing
1: yeah absolutely and again that might be a factor in why i'm i feel like i'm more connected with the u.s guys than i am here in my own country you know uh, it's not it's not basically it's not to do with the fact that i have a u.s rabbit here it's because when i had the uk caddy i was still just i felt like i was making more friends in the u.s talking about you you know to you guys because you're so passionate and you're all about keeping them on the road where over here and again if there's anybody from the uk listening i'm sorry just how i feel and what i've seen maybe (laughs) i'm chatting shit maybe there are people out there that are they have the same drive as the guys in america but from what i've seen everybody that has a mark one project here in the uk it stays a project and it never really sees the light of day you know what i mean so that's the really sad thing that i i've seen here whereas in the us it's like you guys are so fucking pumped and you're like oh i see it on stories all the time and that's inspiring to me you know anyway
0: (laughs) i love that that excites me
1: (laughs) i've rambled on for way too long um dude uh i think we should wrap it up there Uh, this has been a really fun episode I, i i loved having you on and you're welcome back any time to chat shit uh on the podcast. You're absolutely welcome. Been a great guest.
0: Oh, uh, I can't thank you enough and this is a lot of fun. And absolutely I I would love to get on and talk shit a little bit more or like get a couple of us on and mm. talk about I, I really want to remnant I want to talk about like old show cars and th- like I want to talk about like the cars that have really influenced us and, and motivated us and, you know, almost where are they now? And I I think that would be a lot of fun and whatever, yeah. anytime I'm a happy guest. Anytime. That would be quite a cool thing to dive into.
1: Yeah. If you can round up some like show car friends and stuff like that, if you, yeah, by all means get, get people together and let's chat shit more. <laughs> about the uh yeah this whole show car scene i really enjoy learning about this this is great so yeah anytime my friend um guys thank you so much for listening thanks for sending in your uh, your questions uh like i said i'm gonna leave aaron's instagram in the show notes below make sure you give him a follow send him some love as always and also i'm gonna when this episode comes out i'm gonna uh, post it as a post on my instagram and i'll hopefully aaron can send me a few photos that we can put in like a carousel, much like I do with all the other uh, episodes that come out and you can flick through and see exactly what we're talking about. And we can reference different things. that will be cool. If we can sort that out, Aaron, Oh, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out and uh, this has been really fun. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week, my friend.
0: Yes, it's my honor, and uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, I know it's late uh, for you, so uh, yeah, go work on your cat. Enjoy yourself. Thanks, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. All right, you too. Take care.
1: There we go, guys. Another episode in the bank. That was Aaron Staley, and what a great dude for a start. Such a nice guy, very pleasant to talk to, and I've learned so many new things. I continue to learn so many new things within this Volkswagen community about these Volkswagens. And I've probably said a few things in the past where now I probably wanna take a few things back. Like I've probably bad, not bad mouthed, but I've probably said some things about people who trailer their car places. I've probably said something about that, but I just wanna take that kind of back a bit because I now have a bit more of a deeper appreciation for what goes on behind the scenes with these show cars the dedication the time the money the emotional you know the strain that goes on just not just your body but like family and stuff i have such a deeper appreciation for people that go through and build these show cars because they do take most people that have a show car take care of all the little details and that stuff is not easy. So I do have a bigger and deeper appreciation, for sure, uh, for people that do show cars. Not my bag, I personally wouldn't be, I just don't, like I've said already, I don't have the time, I don't have the money. I don't have a shed, let alone a garage. So it's not feasible for me. You say what you will, it's just I'm all about having a truck rough and ready And ready to hit the beach with my girlfriend. That's all I fucking want to do. Or go out somewhere camping. That's all I want to do. I don't want to go to shows. But like I said, I have a deeper appreciation. I understand what it's all about. And I applaud it. I think it's great. And Aaron was such a champ. He came on, told his story. And I feel like I've made another friend in the UK, in the UK, in the, uh, this community. So thank you, Aaron, for coming on, taking the time out. And thank you guys at home for listening to this, whether you're in your, your workshop, garage, or if you're on a road trip. Uh, I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Let me know. And of course, if you do want to support the show, support what I'm doing here, you can go to themonsterrabbit.com and uh, get yourself a t-shirt and get yourself a hoodie, perhaps, or, you know, anything like that. Now, I will say, um, at the beginning of running uh, the t-shirts and selling the t-shirts and hoodies and stuff on the website... I used to, keyword used, I used to send free stickers, the Monster Rabbit stickers to anybody who helped by purchasing a t-shirt or a hoodie. I used to send free stickers, but I realized that was kind of a wrong move because it costs more to send stickers out to people in the US than the profits I would make from selling the individual t-shirts. So, <laughs> as the whole point of this was to raise money so that I could get over to Mark One Madness, I will no longer be sending out free stickers as of whenever you're listening to this episode. Um, so, if you, I will uh, make it available so you can buy a sticker pack on the website. Again, themonsterrabbit.com. The, somewhere there will be a link where you can buy the stickers because i've i have had some requests from people that have said look i will buy the stickers i don't care if they're free i will actually buy them so from now on you can now purchase the stickers from themonsterrabbit.com there'll be a link there so hopefully everybody understands and i will stop getting messages from people saying hey i bought something where's my stickers because as you know, the t-shirts and all the garments and stuff from the website are delivered and processed through a separate company that take care of everything. I don't, I don't see the addresses. I don't see the orders come in. I don't get to touch the orders. I don't get to see the t-shirts, anything like that. So it all gets done without me even knowing about it, really. And unless I obviously have a look. So that kind of explains why I can't just shove stickers in a pack. I'd love to do that, but I can't. So anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. I hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, let me know who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. Send me a message on Instagram at TheMonsterRabbit and hopefully I can get in touch with them and uh, we can bring you another episode next week. So enjoy your week and stay tuned because we're going to have someone else very, very soon. You're going to really enjoy the next guest. So take care and enjoy the, the rest of your week. Bye.